0: This is Joe Cole, and you're listening to the London is Blue
1: podcast. All right, welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. That is right. Your third choice host with the most, that is I, Nick. Uh, We are back with a very, very special episode, a little bit different uh, episode this time. Instead of all the kind of latest and greatest news and notes about Chelsea Football Club, we're doing something uh, new. We're going to try out a new format, and that's, uh, because we're interviewing comedian carl porter welcome to the show carl thank you very much uh pleasure to be on the show uh, thank you for having me um obviously we're going to get into a whole bunch of football a whole bunch of comedy we're going to make this one fun uh and you probably know carl through your instagram or tiktok feeds where his viral goal celebration kind of hit us all ab- about a month ago but uh, before we do that of course have to do the call to action uh, we exist thanks to you. Right. So if you're looking for ways beyond listening to this particular podcast to support us, uh, leaving reviews on any of the podcast apps is a huge way to do that. Apple podcast or Spotify. Uh, if you want to subscribe on YouTube, that's another free way you can help us. If you're interested in getting a little deeper into the conversation, of course, Patreon.com forward slash London Blue Plot is a perfect way to do that. Uh, we'd love to see you there. It really helps us get seen by even more people uh, climbing the charts here. So anything that uh, you can do beyond just listening to the show is greatly appreciated. But look, we're uh, we're not here to talk about uh, the five-star reviews. We're here to interview Carl. Uh, le- like we were talking about before the show, uh, your viral goal celebration bit on um, one of your recent shows kind of made it across the Atlantic into my entire group chat. Um, over here, Carl, can you just talk about that bit and kind of what that did for you in terms of kind of awareness of, of your comedy and what you're, what you're working on?
0: Yeah. So the, obviously I'm a really, really big football fan. So I watched football growing up and I used to kind of like mimic goal celebrations. like for hours, which is kind of sad just in my own room, <laughs> but you know, i had uh, You know, just be very committed just to try and perfect something. And uh, obviously, I used to work in a football stadium as well. So whilst doing that and comedy, um, I thought I was getting bits off, you know, seeing managers and players do different bits on the field. And then I was able to get the slow motion goal celebration where, because I just feel like when you watch the slow-mo camera angles of even if it's a manager celebrating a football player, you see as so much emotion, expression. And I just see the funny side to it. So I just felt like I'll break it down, put it on stage and see how it goes. And yeah, I just never expected it to I mean, travelling over to your side is, is crazy. I mean, considering how global it's gone. But yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind of a lot of emotions. But you know, I've I've enjoyed it, you know, can't complain. Um and yeah, just uh yeah, just enjoying it all.
1: There, there are a lot of different parts of the slow-mo celebration that, uh, that really make it stand out. But I think the one that I screenshotted here in the script where you, you kind of turn, uh, you know, once the goal goes in, the imaginary goal goes in and the eyes get super wide is what well, I was like at that moment. I was like, holy shit, like you just nailed every human emotion that that could possibly happen on the way. I, I just thought that was brilliant. I mean, uh, how, how many... How many times did it take for that to really take hold as a part of your bit?
0: I mean, it's because obviously I'm a physical comedian, so obviously my it's all about my expressions and physicality on stage, how I mm-hmm. deliver my jokes. Um, but with that particular bit, because um, a lot of people ask me how much do you rehearse it, but I don't. I don't actually rehearse it. I go on stage and I just keep developing it. So, VAR's involved, really, because nowadays. <laughs> It's hard to celebrate goals. Do you know what I mean? When you see a header or a cross and a ball, you know, a goal goes in. It you know that look was kind of to look at the linesman to say, and no, like obviously, imaginary in my mind, I was like, oh, there's no flag, so I'm like, and I can celebrate, <laughs> then. I can do the goal. So it's definitely based on nowadays of football where you can't be too, you got to be can't be too careful where something might you know, because you see a lot of players celebrating and then it's a bit oh, it's a bit embarrassing when they turn around that it's offside and it's like, offsideing so yeah var's definitely
1: involved um obviously this joke i mean has made the rounds and and even got you invited to the eafc launch in september i mean talk us talk us through that i mean it just seems like that was such a like captured the moment perfectly the the joke had kind of made you viral across the internet and then you know the biggest you know football video game across the world is like hey why don't you come over to the to the launch event and meet all these legends like what is that like
0: yeah it's it's so bizarre because you know i'm just a normal you know normal people I you know uh it was ea sports official page reached out on instagram and i just you know when you see the blue tick i was just like hey look at this i was just like flabbergasted you know because i mentioned like i'm a huge footy fan so they kind of said do you want to come down to the event, enjoy everything the night, but also take part? Where I basically went on stage and recreated the goal celebration with the host of the night, um, uh, young Philly and Harry Pinero. Uh yeah, it was it was just something different, like like a dream, because it was just like like I said, foot like that's the highest football where it's you mentioned the biggest video game in the world. Um and then it was just being able to enjoy that afterwards, like just the the antics of everything, the people who was who was there, you know, you had Thierry Henry's, um, Ian Wright, Rio Ferdinand, uh, Enzo Fernandez was was meant to be there but he didn't turn up because obviously I'm a Liverpool fan, so I was going to have a word and say why have you gone Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Uh, but yeah, no. Overall, it was you know it was just a unbelievable, unforgettable night for me. It was definitely up there as literally one of the best nights for sure.
1: Who who was the best or most surprising person that you met there um it, whether it's a football legend or another comedian or an actor or someone like who, who is the the best or most surprising person you met uh
0: i've, I've got to obviously shout out to harry omri i think he's yeah. the greatest premier league striker of all time um i was i remember we had this uh there was like a vip balcony and me and my i had a plus one which was my fiance she came along um and we were in the same we were on the balcony with like omri Uh, Ian Wright and I remember walking up after I'd done my bit on stage and not saying they spoke about it but I saw Omri and Wright kind of take a look at me talk to each other and then kind of like as if they acknowledged me whether that's just my imagination taking over I was just like oh my god babe you know the goal celebration kind of thing (laughs) and then um, and Thierry was getting off he was just about to leave I think he was the earliest one who got off and just before he left I was a bit of a fanboy where I was like Thierry and like blessing me turned around and I was like, Oh, can I get a picture? And he was just like, Yeah, not a problem. Um so that that for him definitely. Um, but there were a lot of uh, football uh people there as well. Do you know um, uh Steve the Madman and Expressions, people who uh, yeah, so those guys were there, there was a few sidemen there, they were really cool to meet. I think, you know, nowadays with social media, they're all over YouTube and everything you always see them dotted around. So to see them in person. Um, and a shout out to Young Philly and Harry Pinheiro. They were like genuine top guys and made me feel comfortable, welcome on stage. and just had a good laugh. So all around, yeah, there was a lot of people out who it was
1: a blessing to meet. That's yeah, it's honestly incredible. I, I was, uh, I was, you know, I think just passing the the goal celebration video around. And I look, it had to be like two weeks later after that thing went viral over here. I don't know what it was for you, but. You're at the event, and I was like, Holy shit, what an incredible capture of a, of a moment that exists within the football landscape! So, yeah, shouts to, you, to EA Sports for doing that. I thought it was a perfect integration, um, uh, kind of the football and comedy side. So, yeah, I was really happy for you. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, for our supporters uh, of a blue persuasion, uh, your joke that got passed around the most over here (laughs) was your uh, impression of the famous Gary Neville goal call from the 2012 Champions League semi-final the Torres goal where he in your own words makes an orgasm noise while the goal is going (laughs) in (laughs) I mean
0: never never watched the uh, 2012 Champions League semi-finals at Barcelona Chelsea where Gary Neville did an orgasm noise as soon as the goal went in he went it's Torres (laughs) oh What was Gary? Rewind that.
1: It's Torres to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. The
0: headline has been written.
1: Unbelievable. Like, dude, I I will be honest with you. I I watched that with my best friend, Joe, uh, back home in 2012. We are thousands of miles apart at this point. And I remember that going in I was like that was such a weird <laughs> that was such a weird yeah. goal <laughs> what what is going on with this and your impression was so perfect it it was it brought me back to that moment how how did you think of this because I thought this was only like a Chelsea fans remember sort of moment but how did you think of this um
0: I think I go back to the goals slow-mo goal celebration because it's different and maybe I see other things in football what I take to it more like where people don't really look at that. You know, like when you watch like a film, people, you know, reminisce like the main quotes of the film. I do something really really obscure. So I think commentary for me anyway in football is like a big passion. I do like to listen to different, you know, like if it's Spanish, American, and then just bizarre stuff like that with the, because I don't know, maybe it's a Chelsea fan thing or just in particular where. You really sit back and listen to that commentary like it, sh- it shouldn't be allowed in some sense but I just find it so obscure and it, I, I, I see the funny side of it because it's like you know it's just something you know something where commentary it it, it it just it's just a crossover from like I said like in an orgasm noise, <laughs> like you're in bed with a woman but it makes it into commentary I don't know it's I just see the funny side of it and you know but I, it it goes down well because i feel like it's very iconic over here where people remember it because it's where gary neville became about as a commentator after his retirement as well i think it was a year after he yeah. came out of football it, it wasn't long so, after
1: he retired right that, that he did that game uh,
0: i think it was i think he retired in 2011 so for him to just a year later be involved in a huge game um and you know the cherry <laughs> on the top really wasn't it, <laughs> it was amazing.
1: Uh, yeah, it was it was so funny. We'll have Jake uh, put the audio of that joke in here. We won't make you risk your voice on the podcast with that because it is a, <laughs> it's a hefty lift. But um, yeah, holy shit, was that funny, man? And have you actually met Gary? Have you have you done that impression to him yet? No, like so. We need to we need to make that happen, man. We need to. Oh uh,
0: yeah, I'd love to make that happen. Because uh, again, maybe he doesn't see it as as iconic as everyone else does like it's people know Gary Neville obviously a Man United legend and you know he's a big big pundit but just like little things like that for me is like his most iconic thing for me so because a lot of people tagged him in the video what I posted on Instagram so hoping because I follow him as well on Instagram so hopefully maybe one day he just comes across it and he's like right I'm gonna have to go and see that guy and then we'll just do it I'll have a orgasm off
1: so I'm it, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, no. well we'll rename that, but yeah, uh essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I i just think the greatest thing could possibly be for you to do a, a stand up set in Manchester and for him to turn up and for you to both be on the stage together doing that thing. That would be the greatest TikTok clip of of all time for me personally, because I'm a loony. No, t- I'd be up there.
0: To- yeah, Jesus,
1: that would be, uh, be all for the Chelsea fans as well. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that would be
0: something special for sure. Do
1: it for us, Carl. Please do it for us. We'll, we'll make it happen. All right, we're going to take a quick ad break, and we will be right back with more uh, football commentary with Carl. All right, Carl, obviously uh, you have turned some of these viral moments uh, into kind of a more robust uh, comedy circuit schedule. Can you talk a little bit about what you have coming up? Um over the next few months and, and where people can find your work if they aren't, you know, let's say in the UK?
0: Yeah, so obviously I'm I've got a few shows with Live Nation. Um it's actually in my bio on Instagram. Um I've got a few shows coming up in I've got one in Liverpool on the twenty fifth of November at the Hot Water Comedy Club. And the twenty sixth of November I've got a um show at the Glee Club in Birmingham. Uh they're both Carl and Friends shows. So it'll be a case of me doing coming on stage and then doing bits in between three different acts who come on, do their material and then I'll do a longer set at the end. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Porter Comedy If you obviously want to click on the link and get some tickets.
1: Do your, do your full sets ever make it on to, to YouTube or anywhere that, that folks in the States, uh, can get access to them? If, if so, we'll, uh, we'll link it out. Obviously we'll link to your Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. So YouTube would be the best bet because obviously comedy clubs who have uh, performed that, they tend to post videos as well, like from their account. So I think if you just type in Carport or Comedy, most likely the videos from different sets will come up. And yeah, you can find the material there.
1: Awesome. Well, I think you mentioned this earlier uh, that you're a Liverpool fan, but I believe you grew up in a different uh, city uh, within the UK. And so I'm curious growing up in Manchester, how did you? Uh, become a Liverpool fan?
0: Yeah, it's very bizarre. It's uh, <laughs> you know, As soon as you say it...
1: I had to ask. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, no, no, no a problem. Uh, it's a weird one. So my two older brothers and my twin brother, they're Man United fans. Um, they stayed loyal, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I kind of got into football whether it was a bit later. So when I was like 9, 10, because, you know, people tend to just be fans from when they come out of the womb. Um, but you know, I just kind of it was it was watching Gerard and Owen link up together. I remember I remember just watching Gerard, and he was obviously Stephen Gerrard is a player known for just scoring goals outside the box for fun, and this like mesmerised me. Where I was just like, God, this is like unbelievable. And Gerard was definitely the first player I fell in love with, so that instantly me that instantly connected me straight to Liverpool, and I, was, I just became a fan from that. Um, and he's one of the most iconic players. I mean, I know he's not won the Premier League, but what he did for our club was uh, couldn't thank him enough. So I've been a Liverpool fan since, yeah.
1: Uh, we we had a little bit of mention about this before the show, but both Chelsea and Liverpool are coming off, let's say, difficult seasons last year. You you guys fared uh, slightly, and by slightly I mean much better than we did um, at the end. But we faced each other in the opener this season because, of course, that's what the schedulers would do instead of waiting until we we're both playing better um what what were your thoughts at the beginning of the season the the first game is over it's a 1-1 draw what were your thoughts on that game
0: at first because I remember Salah getting a goal disallowed to make it 2-0 and I thought it's his hair it's like his hair is like offline you know offside kind of thing and I was like trim your hair Mo." um but (laughs) I think it was a fair result because Stamford Bridge for me is arguably one of the toughest stadiums to go to uh Chelsea one of the biggest clubs. We've got a big, big rivalry. So I felt like it was fair based on the fact that no one knows, no one knew what to expect from both clubs. And I just think, like I said, getting a draw at Stamford Bridge, um, it, it can feel like a win uh, at times. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I you know wanted the win, but I can't complain. You know, it was it was fair result. Uh, and I think both teams are starting to kick on now as well. So it was a good job we played each other first time. Around. Because if we played each other now and it was the same result I'd be a bit more fuming just considering how we've kind of because I never expected us to do so well at the moment in time. I think Chelsea started to click now they have got a really good a lot of results. Uh, yeah. So yeah ha- happy with the one point,
1: yeah. I I, th- I think looking back on it, it was probably fair. It was one of those games. It's like first first games of the season are always super intense out of the gates, and then this the second half comes around, and everyone's not fully fit and leggy, yeah. and mistakes can happen. And there were a couple of almost shouts in the second half for different things. But at the end of the day, I thought it was a, a good performance by our group. I was I was relatively pleased with it, and you know uh, we're uh, we're finally it into gear a little bit uh, which is mm-hmm. which is good but um, you know let's talk about the league really quick I mean the league is you know for the for the last you know seven or eight years largely been dominated by city um, I, it hard hard to see it going different ways uh, even even with the current form table I mean wh- what are your thoughts on the league this season more competitive than last year where you know city did eventually catch Arsenal and get Zimbabwe with like a month left in the year? Or do you think that this is going to go down to the final day kind of like two or three years ago? Um,
0: A lot of people are saying we're in a shout to maybe challenge for the title, but I don't want that Tottenham game to come and bite us where we lose by a point again, because we've had that few times with City where we've, I think we finished three seasons with 90 plus points and only won the league once. But I feel like it's more competitive. I feel like it gets more competitive every every year. There's always teams coming out of nowhere, like Brentford last year. You know, you've got you know Brighton are always up there now. They're, they're a sort. Of, I think they're a toxic side at the moment. Um, Newcastle
1: obviously strong. Newcastle
0: as well, of course. Yeah, they're Champions League football. You know, they're on a I mean, an amazing streak. They're, they're scoring goals for fun. Um, but I do. When it gets down to the nitty gritty, City just have these periods of 10, 15 game win streaks, you know, which is just normal to them. You know, like I said, I used to work at the Etiabs from two thousand and fifteen to twenty two, so you know, I was just in the core of Man City, just naturally winning all the time. And they just now to get it done. They've got Pep, by three world class players in each position. They're ridiculous, aren't they? But you know, you you've got to just take your hats off to them. They're just so so good.
1: Does the league when winner? I mean as well have more than 95 points this year?
0: Yeah, I think if it's City, I think there'd be more competitiveness,
1: maybe from like Arsenal, you feel they should stretch a
0: bit more with the money to spend. Um, Chelsea, are, it's a bit difficult to know where Chelsea will be at at the end of the season because they have spent, I think, the most money, I guess, over the last kind of year and a bit, but it's all about gelling, clicking. Man United, they're a bit weird. I don't understand where they've gone. They spent money again. And they just, I mean, it's it, you know—it's amazing what's happening with them. But, it's you know, it's confusing. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, you're probably loving it. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually going to Liverpool United game at Anfield in December. So hopefully it can be 7 nil again. Um, <laughs> but again, Liverpool as well, I think, you know, I, I'm quite surprised how well we've kind of lifted off. So it's interesting to see where we can go as well. But I think when it gets down to it, City will, you know, get 90 points. Without, without a shadow of a doubt,
1: for sure. Yeah, I, I think my analysis at this point is that the league's going to be more competitive. It will be more competitive for longer. I think City will eventually win it because they just have more horses than everybody else. But yeah, I don't know if this is a year where... I don't know if they get 95 points this year. I, I think I think there could be slip-ups. I mean, they've already had a couple so far. You know, they they usually start pretty slow, which is not, you know, a weird thing yeah. for them. But I think it could be that this is, you know, like a 91, 92 point win wins the league sort of scenario, because you know, as annoying as it is, like there there are just more teams in that top eight now that can hurt you than there have been previously.
0: No, it uh, no definitely a good point. I think, like I said, you know, you got Brighton, Newcastle are consistently up there now. You know, along with Brighton, uh, you'll have. I just think even teams like in terms of like Wolverhampton Wanderers, you know, they're a team who they're doing particularly well at the moment. I think Palace, they've got the most clean sheets, so it's tough to score against them. Um, And then just obviously all the big teams as well, like Tottenham. Uh,
1: For some reason, they're
0: doing amazing. Yeah, it's pretty weird how they're doing so well. But again, I think no one expected them to do as well because Harry Kane left. And to be fair, I was kind of like, well, they're going to be bottom table. They're going to be a Chelsea from last year, you know, in terms of where they're going to finish. I just don't see anything but fair play to them. But I think the big. It won't last,
1: Carl. It won't last. It never does.
0: (laughs) Nah, it actually won't last. But I just think if they get an injury to Madison, Son, Prasuma, you know, they're not like the big teams. That's it. You know, they'll 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 be hurting for sure.
1: All right. So, who in your mind wins the Golden Boot this year?
0: I mean, I, I mean, my man Salah is going to be up there. The guy just does it season season out. You know, he gets a lot of hate whether he plays for Liverpool or not. I mean, you probably hate him because he, he was at Chelsea uh, ten years ago. I, um, I don't. I don't
1: hate him. Uh, it just
0: didn't work oh, out. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. not fair play. There's a lot of people who are a bit like mm. you know. um, I mean, Earl and Haaland obviously will be the big shout, but it'd be interesting to see how he consistently goes without De Bruyne because he fed him a lot last year. Does he need an assistor? Can he, maybe, because I was watching an interview with Ronaldo recently and he said he needs to be more creative and getting goals for himself rather than relying on, mm-hmm. you know, from the, from the wings, I guess. But, you know, the the guy's still, still so young. So, you know, but I think... Uh, like Watkins, you know, he's a good shout. I feel like it may be up there, uh, maybe Isaac from Newcastle. Uh, there's quite a lot. Just You know, if it, yeah, Aston Bill, I didn't mention them. I think they're going to be a, a force to stop this year. I think they'll do really well if they keep everyone. Um,
1: yeah, Watkins and Son were, were two that I think, like, if they are able to stay healthy and their teams, uh, you know, I guess overachieve, you know, relative to where we yeah, thought they be. Could be in there. It's hard to overlook Holland, though. I mean, it's just...
0: I'll say I'll I'll be biased and say Salah.
1: Okay. He may
0: get it this year. I don't know if he stays fit, but the of Nations come up, don't they? In January, so
1: Afcon is a big deal. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a point against your pick right there. So
0: yeah, kind of uh, shot myself in the foot there. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, pick the top four. Who makes the top four? Who's who's the league winner? In order. Yes.
0: Uh, right. I'll say City win the league. Um. I'd say Arsenal second, Liverpool third,
1: I would say Newcastle fourth. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Fifth place for who gets the additional Champions League spot.
0: I mean, I like to say Villa or Brighton get it, but, you know, when it comes down to it, 38 games, you know, it could be Tottenham. I mean, maybe Man United, but out of them two, I'd, I'd have to say Tottenham just because, you know, you'd say the other way around, I guess, but yeah. I'll give it Tottenham.
1: Yeah, it, it won't last, my friend. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> which, which team will be the biggest surprise in the entire league? And it doesn't have to be one of the top five. It could be any team. Uh, I mean... Sur- surprises can it, be good and bad, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I reckon... I, I don't know if I'm being a bit delusional there, but they're not in the relegation... Spot them the moment, but Luton Town. I mean, if they finished seventeenth and stayed up, that'd be huge. Like, they won the league. Yeah, that'd be that. That'd be something I'd love to. Because I always love seeing newly promoted teams come up. I hate when it's Norwich, West Brom, Watford. It's the same. You know, when I saw them come up, I was I was elated. I was like, you know, it's so good to see a different team. And this this kind of team, you know, they've got like houses for you know the stadium, aren't they? So going into your back garden, so. That'd be some story if they stayed up for sure, yeah. Be huge. Yeah, it'd be huge for I'd them. I'd love to see it as well. Love, and love to see Everton go down.
1: <laughs> I honestly the is not that far off right now. They look uh Yeah. If they get the points yeah, deduction, don't look- I don't I don't know if there's any way they come back from that. No,
0: that'd be amazing. <laughs> Christmas come early. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So here's some uh very serious, i.e. not that serious football questions. We're kinda of going a bit of a rapid fire, okay? Yeah. Who is the funniest manager in the league? Right now? Yes.
0: Ooh. I think I'd have to back my old manager, you know, Klopp. I think his facial expressions just... Because sometimes
1: he... They're demented at times, though. I mean, he contorts that thing. (laughs) There's one way. I don't know if anyone saw it, but I remember watching a game and the camera
0: was on him, whether he knew or not. This was what happened. He literally went... (laughs) I, I, I just found it like I, I was literally looking at the missus laughing going what is he what, what, what did he did he realize he left the oven on I don't know you know it was just it was hilarious Like I just think and even when he I remember this you know when we beat Everton in the last minute and he ran on the field like that fit like when it slowed down it was like he kind of turned and his cheeks that like way and he just like legged it on the pitch you know I just think he's expression.
1: It's like his jaw doesn't like work properly. And it goes like it has a free form bottom jaw where he can kind of <laughs> yeah. do whatever he wants. Like yeah. I, I've never seen someone's mouth be able to move side yeah. to side. I was like, what is happening with this guy?
0: It's amazing. It's just uh, that's what I say. I always wait for the slow-mo shots. And every time we score, it'll be the last one on. And it's just these expressions. Just tell a pigtail. I'm like, what's going on there? I love
1: it. Yeah, I'll tell you, again. All right, so uh, I'm sure you remember this because you remember obscure football things. The famous Mourinho v. Wenger tie-flip fight that happened in 2014 where Mourinho was jabbering on and Wenger comes over and pushes him. What is your guess as to what they said to each other in that moment?
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean, I have a weird imagination. Uh, maybe it was something about he was in the toilet last, or something. <laughs> where he was like, "No, no, no," you know, that was you in the in the toilet last. And he's like, "No, it was me." And then the pathetic kind of push and flick of the tie. It was uh, yeah, may, maybe something really just petty. But again, my my mind speaks.
1: We need to yeah. do Mad Libs on on all these weird moments. Yeah. <laughs> Which Premier League team is unintentionally funny and why?
0: Well, it's got to be Tottenham, hasn't it? because <laughs> um, they believe they're going to do something.
1: Every year. It's very
0: year. serious. Yeah, yeah, and it's, don't get it wrong, you know, we went through a point where it's like we win three games and it's like we're going to win the league. But, you know, we always tend to win trophies in periods. You know, I mean, we put Tottenham of 16 years coming up now. We haven't won a single trophy. So I think when they kind of get get going like this season, I think a lot of their fans are definitely thinking, i oh, we going to win the league. Um, it was like the Champions League final it was over in 60 seconds. Um, (laughs) You know, it's like, they believe they're going to do so. So adamant that it's their time. And then some, some sort of uh, moment happens where, you know, it's just like, no, 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 that's funny. Come on.
1: Don't kid yourselves. Don't kid yourselves. It's not going to last boys. Um, We talked about Gary Neville earlier, which other football pundits give you the best ideas for material on stage?
0: Oh, my favorite pundit, is Roy Key. <laughs> I, I, I just,
1: just the angriest how, dude oh, ever.
0: Uh, honestly, like it's it's amazing because it doesn't matter what's going on in the game, he tends to come in at last point, and that's where you're looking forward. Like you'll have your Neville's Caragas, Richards giving their points of view, and all of this time when they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, he's just sat there ready with a ping like shocking. <laughs> They'll just come in and just it'll just rinse what's going on. So he definitely is someone who I look at and think, oh, there's some material there. Hundred percent. If I'm basing it off the pundit, it would be, would be Roy Keane. Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: the, the Neville bit from the 2012 semifinal aside, what is your favorite bit of football commentary ever? And my shouts would be to Chris Camara, just totally missing uh, the game oh. that he was at while he was there, which is, I think probably the all time classic football punditry moment, but what 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 would be one that you remember that you're like it's ingrained in your brain?
0: Uh, there's probably
1: a few for
0: different reasons. I remember I don't know why it's in my head, but Liverpool played United. Anthony Martial was announced on the scene, uh, and he he scored He scored his debut, and it was just a commentary of "Oh yeah, <laughs> welcome to Manchester United," and it's just that you know that welcoming of a player um, so intense and. And I think the other one would be, I think when Gerrard scored to make it 3-1 in the Champions League final 2005, uh, 2005 against AC Milan, I think it was very, I just felt like the commentary gave us something like they was part of the comeback. I remember the commentary, it was like, Gerrard scored and it was like, hello, hello, here we go. Steve and Gerrard there's a doubt of grain in it, Milan's mind. And it, it was really hair spilled on the back of my neck. And I was like, something special is going to happen here. And that'll always stick in my mind because I think from a Liverpool fan, it's definitely the greatest night as a Liverpool fan. Three, three down end up winning the game. Just stupendous. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: which referees are most likely to get the Carl Porter treatment in the future? None of them. Not worth it, huh?
0: Nah, I hate them all after that Tottenham game. <laughs> Kind of a bit downhill, maybe the, uh, if we're talking all referees, maybe the Italian back in the day, Oh, maybe the, uh, yeah.
1: the ball guy, right? Got no. his name,
0: ball guy, eyes wide. He was S-
1: super intense. He's like yep. the goat of refereeing. Yes. But Yeah.
0: He was, he was special. Yeah. 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 I'd say, him. sure. We, uh,
1: we did hear the VAR commentary of, of the moment you just referenced in the Liverpool Tottenham game. Um, Thinking about ways to make that better, how could a comedian add uh, some value to those to those audio clips? Can can you guys do some creative direction for how they uh, are speaking on camera or maybe make some jokes in between? Like, what would you do with those moments? Uh, oh, I'd probably make some
0: sort of impressions and sound effects of it, I guess. You know, pretending to uh, say, like if they had to swim to the bottom of the ocean or something to get the results. <laughs> so I'd be like having a bit of a. Maybe have a little, like, like you know, just <laughs> <laughs> delaying it. Um, and then maybe having a Roy Key voice over as well, maybe talking. Um, but, yeah, just proper try and get a laugh out of it, you know, whilst fans are on the edge of the seats, I guess. Yeah. All
1: right. Which footballer do you want to get absolutely hammered with and why? Current or past, doesn't matter.
0: I was thinking about this because I thought, it wouldn't be Ronaldo or Messi because they don't type me as a drinker and it wouldn't be a sort of... And of course, they have fun. vibe. Yeah. yeah, I think, based on, from a Liverpool player, i say Andy Robertson. I think he's a bit of a menace. He's a bit of a wind-up merchant. I just feel like he'd be a really good banter sesh, having a few drinks with him in Scotland or a day session. I think he'll, he's got some stories to tell. He can definitely get on people's nerves, but in a good way. And just wind people up, and that's the sort of night I tend to want to have with a football player. So the yeah, Andy
1: Robertson. The, the Scots are always a good bet in that regard. Understand, um, yeah. More intimidating, a new comedy club that you don't know, or an away day at your rivals, whether it be United City, whoever. Oh, uh, probably
0: probably a game. Um, I think that so, because you know I used to work at City a lot. Obviously full time. So when the Liverpool City games, it was during when we were probably the only team getting a league off them. Yeah, I remember when we played them in the Champions League. Uh so intense because they, they scored dead early. And I was and I, I remember like I've still got to work the whole game. And I honestly I was shaking. I was kind of like, I'm literally in the core of Manchester, fifty odd thousand fans. because um, stage for me, like it's adrenaline, like getting on stage and making people laugh, even if it doesn't go well. I know I can redeem myself, but for a game, a game can mess up the entire weekend, you know, if you're on a 12.30 kickoff. So I can kind of, you know, redeem myself. If I do have a bad gig tonight, I can get back on stage tomorrow and, you know, lift myself. But yeah, I say a game for sure.
1: Best away day in the league and why? Oh, one I've been to or? Just, yeah, what one you've been to that, that you thought was awesome, that you had a really good time? To be honest, it,
0: uh, so my my friend in university, he's his brother played for Newcastle, um, and we went to Old Trafford in the Newcastle away end, and Newcastle won. And to be in Manchester in Old Trafford, it was when it was the Mo- uh, David Moyes days, and Newcastle won 1-0. And I've never kind of gloated at the fans, you know, where you see them, and you're like, <laughs> I, and I was joining in. I had no idea what the songs were, but I just felt like a tune. Um, and it was just, uh, yeah, more or less because uh, it was Man United. I was just like, oh, this is great. Just to kind of rub it in the faces on their ground. Yeah, that was great.
1: Uh, best away day in Europe and why?
0: I mean, I've heard a lot. And I think my dream stadiums go to would be Dortmund. Ooh, I just yeah. think that yellow wall. That yellow wall, is, it seems so intense, so intimidating. But I feel the experience would be somewhat like no other. In football as well. Um, And they sing You'll Never Walk Alone as well, I think. I do believe they do that. So I I think just to be involved in that ground would be definitely something iconic and special. As a football fan as well, that would be insane.
1: Two more. Worst manager, Graham Potter in 2022 or Roy Hodgson in 2010? Oh, God. They Uh, both lasted about six months and and were canned. So I thought that was a pretty apt comparison. It's a weird one because I I did generally want Graham Potter to do well because he was
0: doing a tremendous job at Brighton. Like uh, Roy Hodgson kind of nailed the co- like the last nail in the coffin at that point because Benitez got sacked. All our best players were leaving. Gerard stayed, sort of uh, somehow. Uh, but yeah, that was probably the darkest days as a Liverpool fan. I've seen the Roy Hodgson era, and he just he did he just didn't handle anything particularly well.
1: Um, some of the signings that he made were absurd. It was your John Joe Shelby's for 1.7 million, your (laughs) Kuncheski's.
0: Yeah. Uh, Just players who were kind of like Paul Kuncheski was kind of like coming on the end of retirement. And it's like Liverpool are a big, big club.
1: Brad Jones from Middlesbrough. like. (laughs) You're Downing
0: as well. No. I mean, I'm thankful to what team we've got now compared to, you know, thirteen years ago it was oh it was awful. It was uh yeah, it was very, very depressing. Um I'd say Ryan Hudson, yeah. it's got to be Ryan Hudson, just because he made my life as a pup fan miserable. Um and, and I'm kinda of thankful it was six months. He didn't run his contract all the way and to the end of the season it would have been somewhat different.
1: Okay. Final question on the football side. Order uh these three Chelsea managers facial expressions in uh from one to three from best being one and three being the worst, got some real doozies here: uh, Mourinho, Ancelotti, and Conte.
0: Ah, uh, I mean is known for his eyebrow raise, but it's so iconic. because he is Doesn't iconic. need to do anything. It's so iconic because he beat us in a final last year. So and he did, you know. Uh, Conte is very animated, and I love how he runs <laughs> to his, you know, to his bench and just jumps on people. Uh, Mourinho again, you know, is a special one for a reason. Um but he's he kind of went a bit miserable, didn't he?
1: Uh you know, kind of Prime Mourinho years. giving it to the fan, like the the away fans. Oh, oh, oh man. He did it to us
0: in the uh, the Carlin Cup final when he walked past and he like, I, I was like, I hate him, but again, <laughs> you wouldn't hate him if he was on your team. Swag, so
1: swaggy, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. Uh I think I've got to put Mourinho first, just because I saw, you know, we had a lot of spells at uh, Chelsea.
1: His his volume, Liverpool rivalry. The volume of facial expressions is is wider with him, you know, for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. And Chelsea and Liverpool's rivalry started
0: with Mourinho and Benitez as well, you know. So yeah, I do that, and then I'll probably put Angelotti just because he's one of the greatest managers of all time. Signature eyebrow, you know doing a bit of Dwayne Johnson, you know, bringing it (laughs) into football. Um, Making it it You know, big shout out. Yeah, 100%, you know, for an older guy as well. Um, I love that. Uh, I mean, you know, Conte's, big shout out to him because he did, he did some bits at Chelsea when he came, you know, he won a Premier League and FA Cup in the space a short time. Um, And he was very, he's, you know, he's animated like Klopp, like Pep. Um, But I think the other two managers are above him in that
1: sense. So, yeah.
0: Uh, So Mourinho, Ancelotti,
1: Conte. I I think that's the right order. I think Conte's facial expressions are mostly exasperated or mad. Um, And I think the the others are a little bit better. So that's a good one. All right. We're going to take a a final ad break here. And we're going to come back and talk a little bit about comedy and get Carl out of here because he's given us a lot of his time. So we will be right back. All right, Carl, I'll be I'll be candid. Uh, I love comedy of all sorts. Uh, there's just something special about stand up comedy, though. The ability to kind of take a room and, and have it on a string and make people laugh uh, is is incredible. I think the people who can do it are amazing. What does that feel like for you to be up there and be able to go from, you know, maybe someone who doesn't know who you are, people who do know who you are, who know your act, and make them consistently laugh, and and of course, you know, even go viral with some of your jokes. Like, what what does that do for you internally?
0: I think it's best feeling, you know. I think laughter is so important in life. Um, I think just just being be able to get on stage, something you've wrote, what you think's funny, you know, taking the risk of do other people find it funny, but to get on stage and just literally make strangers laugh. It's it's just amazing. It literally is the best feeling. You've given someone a good time, put a smile on their face, and you've come off and done you know what you love doing as well. So yeah, it's, it's nothing better. It's such an adrenaline. It, it it's genuinely like a drug as well. Like right? because once you get on stage and you're constantly doing it, you just want to keep keep getting up there, keep performing, and you know just giving some love out on stage with laughter. You know it's oh it's amazing. It's truly great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're a pretty young guy. I mean, how, how did you get your start in comedy? And, and did you think that this was going to be your career path when you were younger?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, I studied the comedy course at Salford University in Manchester. Um, and I did a few gigs. Um, not like I didn't take it seriously until probably 2019, where I thought a few of my mates and family were like, you know, you should be doing stand up, you know. Something involving comedy, even if it's sitcom television. Um, so I, you know, I started doing it in 2019 properly, and you know, I was getting good laughs. But it, I think it's just all about developing as a comedian. And then once you start getting the bigger spots, then you find your comfort when you're doing like 15, 20 minutes. Like you've got a that's a long time on stage. And I think I think you kind of find out there and then if you're ready for it, because if you can keep a crowd entertained. And you know, concentrated for that long, you definitely belong there. I'd say so. Yeah, probably like four years, fully doing it. Yeah.
1: It, does the fifteen or twenty minutes seem long or really, really short while you're up there?
0: Depends how it's going. Because
1: you can. <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
0: <laughs> you know, because I've had gigs where, you know, I've I've it's gone so well that I've come off and I've, I'm like, oh my god, like I overrun by six minutes. But because I was having so much fun, I forgot about the time. And sometimes, you know, you can get a bit in trouble. At, you know big comedy clubs where they're like you know we've got a time limit but you kind of like oh you know i just felt like I, I was on fire or i just felt like it was going so well but then there's been times where i remember bringing my message to it. my first 15 minutes about three years ago i was, at, it was like the first 15 minutes set really pumped for it and i died on my ass basically and <laughs> i lasted seven minutes oh, i didn't yeah. i didn't do half yeah and she was, oh. was at the front row recording with a phone and minute by minute I saw the phone going more and more oh, like no! and I just thought god this is a lot harder than I you know I thought um so it you know it can just differ from but I think you remember the the more worst gigs in, in my opinion because it's just like it's a story to tell you know so yeah how,
1: how does that impact so you you bomb on stage one time and you get up the The next time and and kill it. How does that impact your next gig? Is it does it make you want to go and do better? Do, Do you want to crawl in a hole? Like how does that feel? I think when I first got
0: into it, yeah. I think when I bombed on stage, died on my ass, it was just like, yeah, this is not for me. I may take a different route, maybe get into writing or you know, television side of it. But then it's all part of the learning curve and it's the journey. You know, you're never gonna please everyone, you're never gonna have every gig's not going to be 10 out of 10. So I've just kind of learned to just kind of roll with it. It's just like, it's going to happen, you know, but it's just when it's going to happen. Cause you can, it's like, sometimes you can be man city, you know, 10, 15 <laughs> straight gigs. You're like, oh, I'm winning. And then you'll just have a blip where Bruyne gets injured for six months and you're just like, ah, I was terrible at, uh, you know? So yeah, you know, it, I've definitely been able to handle it a lot better over the
1: last couple of years for sure. Who are your comedy idols? Who do do you look up to in the space? Uh, Lee Evans. You heard of Lee Evans? He's definitely my idol. Um, I remember,
0: I think I first started when I watched actual proper stand up for the first time. It was Peter Kay and Lee Evans. But I was drawn to Lee Evans so much. Like, I just instantly fell in love with that guy. Like, watching him on stage, what he does for two plus hours every single night for a tour for like six months it's it's insane his energy is just there's no one close to him for me i think he's the greatest ever just based on him being my hero uh you know when i've you know there's like you know peter k as well he's northern i like, you know northwest of england where we live everything he does is everyone's done it it's like, it at home yeah yeah you've been in a moment where it's like oh i've done that with the you know some you know with the milk or something uh so them two for me, yeah, but Lee Evans is definitely like, I'd say he's my idol. I can still watch him to this day when I've watched his DVD for like a hundred times and I'll
1: still laugh. But it's just, yeah, it's just the best. What is your favorite stand-up special of all time? Would that have to be on Netflix or no, just, would I pick a DVD? Yeah, or? yeah, any, anything you want. I mean, mine, mine are kind of all over the place, but like 2002 Dave Chappelle Live at the Fillmore is one that I'll just like never be able to forget. Um, Okay. I, saw, I saw that um, in high school and I was like, it just opened my eyes to a whole new world of, of sort of laughter yeah. and comedy, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's fair, yeah.
1: Uh, I'd probably go back to Lee
0: i Scotland tour in 1998. I think that's one of the best stand-up of all time I've seen. I just think he's in his prime. You know, he's like, I think he's about 35 there. And everything he's everything he says is... honestly he's got the crowd in the palm of his hand from minute one to the last minute and everything he does is just impeccable um just a pleasure to watch and I knew when I watched him I was just like oh that's that's the sort of comedy I love and that's what I want to do um and like I said I can watch that straight after this podcast and I'll be in tears watching it It's, it's just memorable for sure yeah
1: Last question. You you mentioned earlier that you're a physical comedian. You obviously complement your jokes with like kind of perfect physical movements that takes the audience along the the journey that you want them to go on. Um, When I first saw your goal celebration, it kind of reminded me of the Robin Williams invention of golf bit. Uh, where, oh. he, where he takes oh. <laughs> and and not to obviously not to compare you guys or anything like that, but I think just oh, like yeah, the yeah. physical style of everything that you put into, you know, what you're doing. Do you have like a, a methodology that you go through to mix in the physical bits to the stories that you tell? I mean, the other one was kind of the train story that I love that you tell where you, you know, kind of evaded uh some uh some not so <laughs> yeah. nice guys on the trade and then it stopped for service and i was like man that's just perfect
0: yeah I, I think that's i think that's like all i know in comedy where my kind of style is to go on stage present myself by saying a certain topic a subject and then just acting it out and it's kind of natural to me like fortunately it's naturally where i can say something like oh you know have you ever seen that guy deadlift at the gym and i'll just act it out um and people can kind of get plugged in to see, oh yeah, you know, I've seen that guy. Oh yeah, that's what he does. Uh, you know, they kind of like get involved where they're like, Yeah, I've seen that happen before. And that's just me basically saying it and then doing it on stage. So I'm like the, the jokes come from the body, if you like, yeah. So it's it I mean, it's easy enough for me, yeah.
1: It, it, it's a gift i mean it really is to to be able to do that and and carl look man we've had a blast having you on the podcast obviously hope it's the first of many times but uh congratulations on all the success obviously and uh look forward to seeing uh more of you as as you uh do more gigs thank you very much for having me I had, a, I
0: had a really good time and yeah definitely love to come back on for sure thank you very much
1: awesome Look, uh, Chelsea fans, go follow follow Carl on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. Make sure that uh, you're giving him love after this episode. And until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.